This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So as you know, on Monday night, uh, Liberal leader Justin Trudeau had a bunch of gravel thrown at him following another very raucous, rambunctious, profane um, heated campaign stop. This one was in London, Ontario, but he had an earlier campaign stop about a week prior that um, security said had to be shut down because the risk was too high. Um, and the rhetoric and the outrage and the protest has been building and building and building and building. And the concern here is not that he had gravel thrown at him, obviously. Uh, first of all, that is assault, and I, I hope London police are investigating, but it's the escalation that we need to be aware of. And, like, political protests are not new. They happen in every campaign. And, and yes, Maxime Bernier had some lunatic come up and crack an egg over his head uh, in Saskatoon last week. That man should be in jail as well. But when you see what's happening, it's getting more organized, it's getting more regular, and it's getting more extreme. And for me personally, it's concerning. I don't want to go down that road. You only need to look to the United States as to where that can lead us with the kind of rhetoric and divisiveness, vitriol, and all-in-out fighting, rioting. Where does it lead? We know. And uh, I don't want to see it happen here. So the question is, is that where we're headed? To talk about this, we have Dr. Stephanie Carvin, who's an assistant professor of international relations at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. Uh, Dr. Carvin, thank you for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. I mean, my way off base here, I mean, the thing to me isn't the the one-off incidents. It just seems to me, having seen a lot of election campaigns, that this one seems to be a little more organized, regular, and escalating. Uh, I don't think you're wrong, and I think we're seeing the results of that right now. And I think it's just a confluence of several factors that are coming together. In the first instance, we've had... Um, a pretty vocal and, you know, increasingly organized anti-vax movement in Canada, right? Mm-hmm. These are people who found themselves, you know, this movement existed well before this election, of course, and well before COVID, to be honest. Um, but they've, they've become more active and mobilized um, throughout uh, the past, you know, 18 months. And in addition to that, we uh, one of the things that really concerns a lot of researchers in this space is, the extent to which far-right movements or far-right extremist movements are looking at the anti-vax movement as a recruiting ground, right? So we're seeing, like, groups like, uh, you know, what used to be the Proud Boys sure. and is kind of morphed into different areas, uh, and some, you know, neo-Nazi groups, some, you know, uh, far-right groups, they are looking at these anti-vax protesters as, you know, these are potential recruits for our movement. So we shouldn't be surprised that we're seeing those elements sneak into this. I'm not saying every anti-vaxxer is a Nazi, but I am saying that they're seen as, you know, uh, people who could be recruited for um, kind of long-term hate movements or even political violence. And then I think the third thing is really um, social media just does not crack down on these uh, movements themselves. They keep saying, oh, yes, well, we're, you know, trying to promote good information and we're taking it down. They're not. Like, they're just not, right? And the result of this, I mean, the Toronto Star had a very good investigation into this um, this week, um, 
Alex Boudelier, I think, was the reporter. And he wrote about how, um, you know, all these, you know, organizers, they're, organ- they're using Telegram, which is um, a very highly encrypted app to basically uh, mobilize. But, I mean, all of these actors have Facebook pages, mm-hmm. they'll have Instagram accounts, and that's really frustrating. Uh, someone like me is like, you know, why... You know what? I believe in freedom of speech, but I don't believe in you know that's it's not absolute, right? And this is this is the result. So I think all of these factors together, plus you know just um, you know I, I don't want to cast this person in Alberta, but you know maybe Trudeau wasn't so popular out there to begin with, um, <laughs> has come together in really negative ways. So I think that this is something that's here. It's growing, or, you know, I've seen polls out this morning that suggest the People's Party of Canada, which is a very anti-immigrant, anti-vax party, um, you know, they're they're polling at 9% now in in some cases, and it's not great, right? So it's um, it, it, it's not good. That's that's basically my assessment. It's not good. Yeah, and I think you, <laughs> you're welcome. You, you no, know, I, I think you're right, and I think you mentioned a couple of important things that I want to talk a little bit more about. And I think one of them, you know, like you're saying, the anti-vax and the anti-mask has been rolled into this. And I firmly believe if it wasn't masks and it wasn't vaccines or it wasn't vaccine mandates or whatever the case may be, there would be another cause. It's not necessarily the cause. I think you're right. It's the it's the provocateurs. It's the people interested in uh, inhabiting the extreme and the fringe and drawing more people to them will latch onto any issue they can see as divisive and amplify it and turn the people who are genuinely concerned about vaccines or masks or whatever and bring them into this anti-establishment movement. That's how I see it. Yeah, so I think that's actually a really good point. And yeah, so this movement did, in in a certain sense, exist prior to COVID-19, and that was the Yellow Vest movement. Um, right, so we're seeing yes. a lot of the people who are uh, very active, not all of them, but a lot of them who are very active in the Yellow Vest movement. And just to remind your audience, the Yellow Vest movement was, um, you know, they were talking about, you know, conspiracy theories like the UN is trying to, like, replace our borders with global governments and bring in migrants uh, to replace white people and, you know, all these kinds of crazy ideas. Um, they were, um, you know... They were the, you know, they tried to latch onto what I think was a fairly legitimate, um, you know, concern about like pipeline workers in sure, Alberta. Yeah, like, you can be, you can be like upset about pipelines. Like, I get that, right? Like, I get that. Um, you know, I come from Oshawa, I come from that kind of blue collar town. I get the concerns that are there. But this was, you know, they tried to latch on to that grievance they about the pipelines it. and things. They caught. That's exactly right. And so, and this, the same actors in that movement have gone to, into anti-vax. They've just been far more successful, I think, because COVID is all we've heard about for two years. And I imagine there's a lot of people who are sick of it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, um, and, I, and the concern, obviously, is it's, con- it's a continued escalation, right? We see it more and more. Yeah, exactly. And this is what concerns me. It's like, okay, before what we're shouting down, like, you know, you would see these, like, you know, yellow vest protests. They'd be hanging outside City Hall. There's, like, four of them, and they look kind of sad in the rain or whatever. Um, but, you know, this is, it's it's kind of gone from that to, okay, now we're, okay, we're shouting down people. Okay, now we're okay with kind of swarming their bus. Okay, now, um, you know, let's throw rocks at someone's head. Yeah. Let's, you know, we've already seen politicians uh, on this campaign having to wear bulletproof vests. I mean, that's not okay, right? Like, this is this is just not what you want. And, you know, you talked a bit about the, the January 6th and what's happened south of the border. And I do, we, we, you know, 
we are so influenced so by influenced. what happens down there. There was a study that was done um, out of, I believe, McGill, and what they found was for every tweet that a Canadian tweets out, they're likely to tweet ten uh, tweets that come from, or retweet ten American tweets. Wow! Right. So those narratives that carry in the United States come to Canada, whether we like it or not. And that has an impact on the discourse, but also the way we see our political issues, right? And we, you know, we, we see this all the time, whether the gun debate, the abortion debate, all these different kinds of things, what's happening in the U.S. comes here, even healthcare, right? Sure. So I think one of the things that, we, you know, I, I'm concerned with is that what we saw out of that January 6th movement is that people felt a good way to express themselves was to physically attack their political opponents, right? Yeah. We're going to physically storm this and take it over because we believe in freedom and you don't. And that's the way that was portrayed, and it's really scary. And I worry that's what we're seeing, is that people are saying, I disagree with you, and rather than taking that to the ballot box, I'm going to now physically attack the people who I think are oppressing me. And this is dangerous. It is. It is. It's a slippery slope. Uh, Dr. Carvin, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's Dr. Stephanie Carvin, Assistant Professor of International Relations at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton.